You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? (laughs) We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. This is the Macho Man, Randy Savage, the former intercontinental heavyweight champion of the world. And you're listening to Triviality right now. Yeah. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hey, welcome to Triviality, the game where... My name is Ken. How you guys all doing today? We got Jeff, Neil, and Matt in the studio. What's up? You cut out a little bit there, buddy. What? What was that? (laughs) How are people going to know what this podcast is about? I think they got it by now. I'm just trying to mix it up a little bit. You know that. Your lack of seriousness is really uh, concerning to me right now. And if they they couldn't figure it out from there, go back and listen to another episode. No, that's fair. I like recording at 7. It's a good time. It is I a good time. I feel it's like everybody's a little... And the gang's all here. Lucky looser. number seven. The gang is all here. Uh, yeah. We just came from, uh, you know, uh, shaking down some some gangsters in the alley and getting their candy in their quarters. So. They were shooting craps. Shooting craps. Mm-hmm. Chicago's very dangerous. I don't know if you've heard the news. I know. Any corner you turn around, you might hear someone playing dice going, look, be a lady tonight. <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> I have not experienced that yet. You haven't seen Frank Sinatra in the alley throwing dice with uh, Marlon Brando? He's mostly dead, so no. Don't get snake eyes. You know, you haven't done it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good one. That's That's a Brando. Well, one of the reasons to be excited today is because of our special guest host, who is silently waiting as we joke around over Skype, Scott Barber. What's up? How's it going, fellas? It's, uh, It's great to be on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. I feel like it's a little overdue. We've been wanting to have you on for quite some time, mm-hmm. so this is this is a good occasion to to get you. Yeah, we we always thought that we had you locked in in line to be on the show, and then time kept passing. We're like, wait a minute, Scott hasn't been on. We got to yeah. get Scott on. So we're just happy that it's it's happening. You know, that's great. I mean, I'm I'm a patient guy. I'm happy to wait. But uh, you know, this is a great show, and it's you have wonderful people come on week in week out so i'm more than happy to wait in line yeah and, but we uh, would have kicked them out if you wanted to <laughs> 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 yeah. you're one of the few people we actually met in person before we had on the show you're that's at, true you're at the geek bowl oh, meetup yeah. which is super fun yeah he was at our first meetup too and he was the he said he would be the first person to gra- uh, grab a t-shirt so we appreciated it yes i was one of the first people to grab a t-shirt i got several t-shirts so, oh uh, one yeah, for each day of the week few. Yeah, you're like Seinfeld with his Porsches. You just yeah. open the closet. Just <laughs> Triviality. <laughs> you're the Steve Jobs of Triviality. I'm, I'm seeing it exactly like that scene in Luther when he opens up his closet <laughs> and he's got 27 gray shirts, but they're all Triviality shirts. Right. I, I don't think I'm as successful. I'm maybe the, <laughs> the home of 
of uh, triviality instead of the Steve Jobs. So, uh, Scott, can you uh, summarize your life up to this point for our listeners? Uh, well, I'm an uh, accountant here in West Virginia. Um, 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 lived here my whole life and um, also one of the founding members of the Sinister Six. You guys probably have had, I think you've had every member of the mm-hmm. Sinister the infamous, Six. Huh? Infamous. Yeah. Infamous Sinister, Sinister Six. Six. Yeah, I'm a founding. I tell people I am the seventh best player on the Sinister Six. <laughs> Those guys are just killers. And but you're uh, uh, you're Doc Ock, right? Is that the yeah yeah I'm 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 allegedly Doc Ock, yeah Doc <laughs> Scott or something like that. But yeah, and so yeah, with me being the seventh best player in Sinister Six, it shows you I'm not only a bad trivia player but also a bad accountant. So. <laughs> That's okay. It's your it's your busy season, so we could forgive you if you're miscounting this time of the year. I'm I'm a little brain fried, but it's it's all good. But yeah, um, you know, um, uh, I love playing with those guys, and uh, I know they've all been on, and uh, it's just like I said, privilege for me to be on here uh, now, following in their footsteps too. I guess. So uh, Scott's a big uh, Boston Bruins fan and a big hockey fan, as we know. So um, we, uh, me and Matt, are going to team up today, and uh, we're going to be the missing teeth in honor of our current Chicago hockey woes. Jeff and I talk about music uh, off and on, and I was telling him that I was on Spotify. It had your uh, your release radar playlist of things I should listen to, and I'm listening to a song and. And I heard, you know, Shaggy spitting some rhymes. He hadn't done anything in a while. I just heard him kind of like, you know, uh, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, it's Jar Jar Jar. And I was like, what's the Shaggy song? And then all of a sudden, I hear Sting singing in the hook, going, so. What is the algorithm that the Shaggy song pops up on your release radar that I don't you're know. listening to? That's a good question. So we, we thought we would be. Jams. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd be Sting featuring Shaggy. So you could be Sting, then I'll I'll be Shaggy. You got it. That sounds 100% correct. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let's toss it over to the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Yeah, no, I'm living in a nightmare, and I am the cream. All right, well, rules guy is done, so mm-hmm. Scott, you want to take it away? The first question is in the category of The Office. All right. No trick on this one. I tend to start out quizzes pretty, you know, uh, straightforward. In a memorable cold open from Season 3, Episode 20, Product Recall, Jim enters the office dressed as Dwight. At first, Dwight doesn't notice, but then Jim asks, question, what kind of bear is best? According to fake Dwight, or real Jim, what specific kind of bear is best? False. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're locked in. We can lock in. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, Dwight says... Well, there are two basically yes. two schools of thought. And he goes false. He says, "What bear is best?" And he said, "Well, actually, there's yeah two schools of thought. Yeah. False. The black bear is best. Agreed. False. The black bear is best. And the answer is black bear. All black right. bear is best. And that, of course, leads to the memorable line: "Bears beats Battlestar Galactica." <laughs> Your second question's in the category of holidays. In 1908, Anna Jarvis held a memorial ceremony that became the first official observance of what commemorative day that, years later, toward the end of her life, Jarvis unsuccessfully organized a petition 
to rescind. Mm. Okay, we're uh, we're just gonna lock in with a guess on this one here. I'm thinking like the Thanksgivings, Christmases, Halloweens; those would be unrelated to this, right? Um, it could have been to celebrate the dominance of the Cubs, which would continue for the next hundred years after, <laughs> <laughs> without a hiccup. In fact, <laughs> they had just come off two out of three World Series, and they were ready to dominate the next hundred years. That makes sense. I uh, so I'm I'm thinking, but then off in the distance. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> hey, is that is that Billy Goat? Billy, what are you doing here? Meh. There, there's a fire? <laughs> Billy, where's the fire? It's a new character. Meh. This character is terrible. <laughs> apathetic <laughs> goat. Meh. I hate apathetic goat. Billy only gets paid sag standard because we can't afford to pay him for more li- than one line. First impression. <laughs> is Timmy Meh. falling down a well? <laughs> I'm thinking it's maybe one of the like Memorial Days or a Labor Day or. But she did want to rescind it, though. Wouldn't it be something maybe not popular, though? I mean, is there like Columbus Day, maybe, because of his misuse of the uh, or the mistreatment of the Native Americans? Or Columbus Day is an interesting one. I'm I'm willing to get on board with that. Okay, I'm Columbus just throwing out random. Okay, we'll we'll yeah. lock in with Columbus Day. Ooh, I really like Columbus Day as an answer. Yeah, but we we locked in with uh, President's Day. Well, it was in May of 1908, and it was the third anniversary of the death of her mother. Mm. Oh. So the answer is Mother's Day. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. She, and what, did she not like her mother by 1940s or what? No, what happened is is she resented the fact that it had become commercialized. Oh, uh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. life and uh, it became very popularized in in a commercial sort of sense. So she tried to rescind it. And uh, ironically, uh, and later on in life, uh, she was hospitalized for a, a good portion of the end of her life. But uh, the hospital. Uh, stay that she was uh, uh, having was being paid for by donations by people who appreciated the mm. fact that she founded Mother's mm. Day. So. Oh, wow. oh that, was, that was nice. And Good of course, uh, Neil appreciates Mother's Day uh, due to the extra crispy hash browns that he gets from uh, Mother's Day, which is a diner near us. Yeah. Mother's Day restaurant. weren't caught up on that story. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I just went in the other day and it was a new waitress, and I said, uh, "Can I have my?" Uh, you know, my uh, corned beef hash, extra, 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 well done, crispy, black and both sides, no pink, almost burnt. And she goes, you don't have to tell me. That's how I like it. And then she brought Whoa. it out, it, but it was not extra, 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 uh, well uh, done. It was just slightly it was dark. Just extra, well done. But I'm too nice. And she's like, is this okay? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah this is fine. Burn it black or I send it back. We can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> Your next category is civil war. It's neither civil nor war. Discuss. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is that coffee talk? No, Linda Richmond, yeah. yeah. Yeah, coffee talk. Discuss. As referenced by history.com, this Civil War Confederate general rode a horse named Little Sorrel, who is stuffed and on display at VMI, the school where he, the general, not the horse, was a professor of artillery tactics and natural philosophy before the war. I think I know. I've known this fact before. It's either got to be um, the one who has the the rock mountain. <laughs> what the rock? He has so the, so close. <laughs> he has the rock thing. You know what I'm talking about? Stonewall. Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> right. See, we liked it with Rock Mountain Thomas. So. <laughs> rock <laughs> Rockwell Jack Rockwall Jackson. Uh, that's who I'd want to climb with. Sam Rockwell. Forget free solo. Rockwell Rockwell Jackson always feels like somebody's watching him though, doesn't he? I mean, <laughs> well played. Maybe it's general maybe it's uh E. Lee. What's his phone? Robert, Robert e. Lee? E. Lee? Yeah. I'm thinking of Martin Sheen from uh the, the Civil War movie. Um 
TV movie. I maybe even it's general... Robert E. Lee you have to get from a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: Neil oh, Ever- Abraham Lincoln. Uh, that was Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with uh, E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. Robert E. Lee. And we're going the other way with uh, Rock. What was it? <laughs> Rockwell Thomas. Rockwell Thomas. Uh, Stonewall Jackson. Well, Robert E. Lee wrote a horse called Traveler. Oh, that's yeah. I wrote that question. That's why I, th- I was thinking of that one. Okay, that was my bad. But Little Sorrel was the horse of Thomas Stonewall Jackson. All right. Oh. Your next category is uh, due to copyright infringement. I have to pronounce this literature. Shout out to another podcast out there. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, shout out to Trivial Warfare. Who was the first American-born woman to win the Nobel Prize in Literature, awarded in 1938 for her rich and truly epic descriptions of peasant life in China? Literature is is my... It's all of our weak points. Yeah. It's it's what we call a myofascial point. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I can barely read. Yeah, that's <laughs> our, lo- true. our local schools could not afford libraries, which is a problem. Yeah, we all pronounced it library to like three years ago. <laughs> Thanks to my mother, I pronounced the first meal of the day breakfast until I was in the sixth grade. I think it's incorrect, but I guess just to lock something in, let's just say Virginia Woolf. Okay, say Virginia Woolf. Well, I think the book is The Good Earth, um, but I don't know the author, so we said J.K. Rowling. Oh, you had the book with the Good Earth. Well, it was awarded for. No, uh, they don't. They don't really award a book, but that was pretty much the 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 reason for it was the Good Earth. And the author of the Good Earth is Pearl S. Buck. Mm. Okay, I had the book right away. I had no idea about the author's name. So, your next category is baseball. What first ballot Hall of Fame player is credited with coining the term the Mendoza line, an expression to describe futility in batting? It is a reference to Mario Mendoza, a shortstop who had a career batting average of 215, but the Mendoza line itself is usually closer to 200. This player may also be known for a slightly viral video where he describes being violently ill in Las Vegas. This is like a Matt question for sure. No, I knew like all the information in that question <laughs> except for the who came up with the line. So, Well, you feel free to take your guess. Yeah, I'll think about it. Ken Griffey. I'm just saying Ken Griffey because Ichiro just retired. He's one of the best hitters of all time, one of my favorite players, and uh, oh, Ken Griffey gave him a hug. Yeah, We go Ken Griffey. Okay, go Ken Griffey. I based it on the Mendoza line. It's a really old saying, and I thought that it would be somebody who came up with it when he was younger and then had like an interview recently where this kind of thing would come through. And I thought, who's got kind of a wacky personality and tells these kind of stories? And all I could think of was Tommy Lasorda. So I locked in with Tommy Lasorda. Well, the viral video, if you haven't seen it, you, you really do need to Google it because it's, it's hilarious. He talks about being, and I can't stress this enough, violently ill after getting food poisoning in Las Vegas. It's one of the funniest three minutes I've ever seen in my life. And he's just describing it to these players during a warm-up session. And they're literally just trying to walk away from this guy. And this guy's a legend. <laughs> and and they're just trying to get where they need to go. And he just keeps on telling the story. He won't let them go. And it's it, it, and after he tells this awful story, he just turns around and says, who's pitching these two games? It's hilarious. But the player we're looking for, if I would have said third baseman, would have uh, made it a little better? No. Player I was looking for is George Brett. George, George oh, Brett. George Brett. He always had the chew in his mouth, right? He always had like the big. Uh, his cheek yeah, was always he was like one of those swollen. Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kansas City. Also famous for the uh, pine tar. Pine tar. Pine, pine tar. Right. Your next category is music. Don't shrink away from this question. 
What 2015 Rock and Roll Hall of Famer saw his first single, an R&B song released in July of 1961, peak at number three on the Billboard Hot 100, while refusing to quit his factory job making toilet seats for 747s as he felt the music industry was fickle? Hint, the song's title will make you think, I know it a lot as you ponder this question. Well, I don't know if he said solo artist. That's why I was thinking, could it be like Smokey Robinson by himself instead of with the Temptations? But Could it have been uh, Billy the Goat? <laughs> <laughs> Suffered from shrinkage. He was in a pool. <laughs> uh, shrink away. How about uh, Lionel Richie? Okay. okay. We can do that. Mm. We, well, not exactly Lionel Richie, but we were thinking shrink away. Maybe it's somebody who's little, and we said Little Richard. Mm. Well, the hint for the song that I'll make you think I know a lot is because I believe it's the oh, words I know is said 26 times in the song. And I think you got it. It's Bill Withers. Oh. I can't believe Jeff didn't get this because I once at like 1230 at n- in the morning yeah. was in his car and he literally counted them all out to me one really? by one. See, yeah. there's 26 here. I know, I know, I know. He just, I sat there and he's just counting. He's like, isn't that cool? That's the most OCD thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it was very late. Your next category is video games. What game is set in the future? Starting on October 23rd, 2102, Reclamation Day where players leave the vault and rebuild America 25 years after the Great War. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, we're locked in. Anything? Uh, Fallout, maybe? I was thinking Fallout. Yeah, leave the vault. That would be the kind of thing you'd do after a nuclear war. So Okay, you just want to go Fallout? Yeah. Okay, we're locked in with Fallout. We, too, went with Fallout. Can I get you both to be more specific? We, I don't know if there's the newer one, but... I don't know the other Okay, yeah, we'll go fall, Fallout 76. We said Fallout 2. The vault that they leave is vault number 76. It's Fallout 76. Nice, Jeff. All right. Your next category is college football. Who is the first college football coach in history to win a national championship with two different football bowl subdivision FBS schools since the inception of the AP poll in 1936? I don't understand a single part of that question. I'm going to lock in then. I know Urban Meyer has done it with Ohio State, and I think he did it before that with Florida, but I don't know if he was the first. And, well, and then we also wrote down, let's see, Bear Bryant and... Well, uh, I know Bear Bryant was really good. He was with Bama. And then if you're talking about Bama, Saban might have done it with another team. He was with Michigan State before that, but I don't think they were good then. Yeah, I know Urban Meyer did it, so yeah, let's at just least go we're with on that. the right track with that. Yeah, we're locked mm-hmm. in. Yeah, as far as multiple titles with different teams... Uh, Urban Meyer seems like the right answer, so I also locked in with Urban Meyer. Well, FBS encompasses all of college football, just the bowl division. <clears throat> There's FBS and FCS is the championship. That's what was used to be known as one double A. And the first guy to do it with two different schools with LSU and Alabama is Nick Saban. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't listening to the question right. <laughs> I thought they had to be, uh, I don't know. And he did a very bad job in the pros and got kicked back down to college. Which is good because he won. So good for him. Yeah, now he's the highest paid public official. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> Making $7 million a year. Yeah. Your next category is movie tri-bond. What actor or actress is the connection for the following three films? Draft Day, Mother's Day, and Valentine's Day. Oh, Lord. I know, I know draft, what Draft Day is about. That's about it. 
I'm, I assume that Mother's Day and Valentine's Day are about Mother's Day and Valentine's Day. Are they, are they part of that, like, those terrible... Valentine's Day is. Those movies, but, mm-hmm. yeah. I think Mother's Day is also one of those. Maybe. Like, date... Yeah, Valentine's Day, I believe, had Taylor Swift and uh, her boyfriend at the time. Uh, and I'm losing his name, but he is played Jacob in Twilight. One of the Hemsworths? Oh, he oh. played Jacob in Twilight? Yeah. Um, Taylor... Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner, yeah. who was supposed to play Stretch Armstrong until that movie thankfully died. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, yeah, sure. She was. She played uh, the uh, special assistant to the general manager of or, the Cleveland Or let's Brown. say, uh, let's say Busy Phillips. She pops up in that <laughs> stuff. Okay. Fine. Let's get Busy Phillips. Uh, the the movie out of the three that I've seen the most recently is Draft Day because uh, I love Kevin Costner and his love interest in that film is Jennifer Garner who mm. I think is in one of the other films if I remember correctly although she might be in New Year's Day which is the one that he didn't mention but uh, I'm going to go with Jennifer <laughs> Garner also famous for her starring role in the TV show Alias the answer is Jennifer Garner I would have gone Peppermint but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little trivia for Billy to remember. Uh, Jennifer Garner has a hen called Hennifer. (laughs) Not my favorite celebrity pet name. Your last category in the first round, famous mathematicians. Oh, Oh, good. good. Finally in my wheelhouse. (laughs) (laughs) What Nobel Prize winning American mathematician was killed in a traffic accident in 2015 while returning from Norway after having received the Abel Prize? for striking and seminal contributions to the theory of nonlinear partial differential equations and its application to geometric analysis. Oh, my God. Bob Dylan, locked in. <laughs> the real question is, did he win the Fields Medal? I remember or did this she win happening. The Fields, medal? the Fields Medal, the Fields Medal. <laughs> Scott knows. I think he and his wife both died in this car crash if i've got the right person just put it whatever um, okay we're locked in it's not the guy from a beautiful mind but it's somebody else of that like oh wait no isn't is it yeah isn't it yeah yeah, it yeah is, he right? died in a car crash yeah 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 what was his name <laughs> oh you great his name. <laughs> oh i do john john um quincy <laughs> you <laughs> john um john nash so we'll, we're gonna we'll lock in john nash mm. yeah i think you're right yeah, um, we didn't know until you guys said stuff, um, so we locked in early. Uh, this was a guy who used to hang out with that Leonardo DiCaprio crew um, <laughs> in the early 2000s. Da Vinci. <laughs> it's uh, a little theory by him, uh, Pythagoras. You might have heard of it. <laughs> so we locked in with Pythagoras. Wow. <laughs> well, no word if uh, Russell Crowe is going to uh, film A Beautiful Mind 2 to put this uh, bit of his life story in, but the answer is John Nash. Nice. Mm, that's, nice fu- that's funny because um, when we watched Beautiful Mind, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's still alive. And then I looked it up <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I remember that fact. It I just didn't, didn't come to mind. Because he had, he had gone through so much trouble and strife and, and everything with his life and he was still doing things and he was going to get that or he got that prize and just for it to end in a no, car do you know, crash tragic. Do you know if uh, his wife was there too? Because I sort of remember. Yes, yeah. his okay. wife was killed in a car crash too. That's what he was about 85 years old, I okay, think. Okay, yeah. Okay. I knew he was an older guy yeah, at the time, but a good note to end that round. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to tabulate the scores. Uh, <laughs> it'll take very long. No, it's over not. Here. Uh, but Jeff, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about Patreon? If you want to support the show directly, which we would be 
very happy if you would uh, be so inclined. You can do so directly at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Now that uh, gives us the opportunity to do some extra great behind the scenes stuff here, put out extra bonus episodes every month, but it also can get you a little bit of something. So if you check it out and see what perks might be uh, right for you, uh, again, you could do that at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. What's an example of something they can get, Jeff? Uh, aside from additional bonus episodes wow. or autographed posters. Oh or, my God. Or our autographs. Swag boxes, our autographs. Wow. Mm. And they are pretty sweet. We just got them into the studio today. We're going to send those out to the people who already support us at those levels. But uh, if you'd like to be one of those patrons, uh, please sign up. Or just send me cash directly. <laughs> please don't. I do all the accounting here. I don't want Ken making extra money on the side. I don't want you to know about the extra money. <laughs> we don't want Jeff going to jail like yeah. Al Capone for tax evasion. Yeah. So. No, no, that's okay. We're paid off from last year. Please so. send cash. Well, speaking of accounting, uh, what are our scores? Uh, we are at 20 points after the first There's round. There's no accounting for that terrible performance. <laughs> or the bad taste in your joke. Um, and I believe we have 40. All right. All right. All right. That's not terrible. Now over to another accountant for the swing round. All right. So your swing round... Ten questions in the category of phobias. Don't be scared. A lot of these phobias uh, that I have listed, I didn't go very esoteric with them. I uh, tried to um, uh, make them either ones that you probably know or ones that uh, you can kind of figure out. I just hope I can pronounce some of them because that's basically my fear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So your ten Phobias are, I'm going to give you the phobia, you give me what it's the fear of, okay? Your first one is arachnophobia. Your second, panophobia, P-A-N-O, phobia. Number three, papaphobia, P-A-P-A, phobia. Number four, agoraphobia. Number five, leprophobia, L-E-P-R-O. Number six, aeronausophobia, A-E-R-O-N-A-U-S-I, phobia. Number seven, cholrophobia, that's C-O-U-L-R-O, phobia. (sighs) Here's the one that's going to be tough. Number eight, hippopotamonstrosesquipedaliophobia. Hippopotamonstrosesquipedaliophobia. And I'm not spelling that out. <laughs> Three hours later. Number nine. Ichthophobia. I C H T H Y O phobia. And your last one. Auroraphobia. A U R O R A phobia. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. 
So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right, guys, after um, a lot of discussion about these fears and a little bit of discussion about a lot of branding in the 90s, including No Fear and Calvin from Calvin and and Hobbes pissing on the No Fear logo, (laughs) uh, we are locked in. All right, your first phobia, arachnophobia. All right, we are going to go with spiders. Yeah, um, executive produced by Steven Spielberg, spiders. (laughs) We said fear of arachnids. No, yeah. (laughs) All right. Points for everybody on that one. Fear of spiders is the correct answer. Number two, panophobia. We said uh, fear of getting your picture taken. We didn't know. We, we thought maybe pan uh, for Peter Pan. So we, we just said maybe fear of aging. I like that too. Well, no points on this one. Panophobia is the fear of everything. Oh. Panophobia. Oh, that makes sense. Number three is papaphobia. Mm. All right, we thought this might be related to Papa John's pizza, and we said the fear of not-so-fresh ingredients. <laughs> uh, yeah, we discussed uh, for a while on this one. We we first said paparazzi because we heard Lady Gaga going, Papa, paparazzi. But Jeff said maybe fear of uh, father or father figure. Well, I, I don't think I can give you credit for it because it's very specific. Papa is in papal. Mm. Fear of the Pope. Okay. Number four, agoraphobia. We said uh, open or public spaces. We agree. We said uh, fear of open or public spaces. Points all around. Fear of open spaces or leaving safe spaces. Either one's acceptable. All right. Number five, leprophobia. Just thought of uh, lepr- leprosy and we said like diseases or sickness. Yeah, we had the same thought on that. We said uh, fear of disease. Oh, I wish you would have went a little more specific. It is specifically the fear of leprosy. Mm. Why wouldn't you be afraid of leprosy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, yeah, right? I think I got a little leprosy. It's pretty logical. I don't know if that, yeah. Well, it, it's got to be an irrational fear to be a phobia, right? Yeah. If you feel like you're going to get it everywhere. Like Jeff feeling like he's going to get it in the studio? <laughs> Not irrational. Oh, okay. Wearing his hazmat suit while we record. For the right Patreon perk, we will expose leprosy in the <laughs> <Whoa>. studio. <laughs> Wait, what's the uh, level on it's that? It's our again? stretch goal. <laughs> We'd have to get a lot of oatmeal for oatmeal baths. But so. we won't we won't do it until after 20,000 a month for what? 10 years? 10 years, yeah, okay. that's correct. Number 6, aeronosophobia. We said flying. Yeah, we said fear of flying. It's actually the fear of vomiting mm. secondary to air sickness. Aeronosophobia. Mm, that makes sense. Nos- I've got that one. 
Oh, there was a guy on our flight that had that. <laughs> what, yeah, went to the Vegas? whole time. He he uh, he was having a rough time on that flight. So does that have to be the fear of vomiting from flying an airplane? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. That's pretty logical fear too. Yeah. Number seven, colrophobia. That is the fear of clowns. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we were saying uh, Coulierphobia, maybe like fear of Dave Coulier. Um, so we... Changed the whole word just for that joke. <laughs> I'll cut it out. Um, uh... no, it's got, a st- uh... <laughs> got him. It's a fear of wood. Got him. Uh, so we didn't know. We just said uh, we know there's no H in, in uh, what Scott spelled for us, but we just said the fear of cholera. No, it is the fear of clowns. Mm. Fear of clowns is the correct answer. We, we picked the wrong disease to go all in the fear of. <laughs> Ah, right, here's number eight. Mm-hmm. Hippopotamonstrous sesquipedeliophobia? Yes. Hippopotamonstrous sesquipedeliophobia. We understand if you're afraid, afraid to say it, yeah. Fear of long words. Uh, we agree, fear of long words. Yeah, sesquipedalia is in there, and it is the fear of long words. Correct. Brings us to number nine, ichthyophobia. We thought this was the fear of public speaking. Which we had to get over when we started a podcast. Like the uh, like the word ichthyomorph was stuck in my head for some reason, and I couldn't remember why. So we thought maybe ichthyomorphs were those bugs that uh, like changed in a cocoon. So we said fear of change. Well, ichthyology is the study of fish, so ichthyophobia is the fear of fish. Oh, that's what my mom has. She's very uh, hard phobia of uh, fish, specifically goldfish. Can't <laughs> look at them in magazines. Finding Nemo, like my... the little cheesy snacks. Anything, because uh, her cousin, when she was younger, threw a bucket of dead, bloody fish at her, and ever since, she's had a phobia. That is a crazy story. I know somebody with wow. severe ornithophobia, which is the fear of birds. And uh, sisters. They had a desk calendar that was like all like lovely nature scenes, except for June, which was like a real close-up <laughs> photo of a bird. Just the eye. And you, and you best be sure, the first day of June, I flipped their calendar uh, and taped it to their computer at work. I'd like, uh, I'd like a calendar. for a whole month. <laughs> I like it. I like a calendar that's like a, a, a wide shot of a tree in January, and every time you flip, it just gets closer to one of the branches, and then there's a bird sitting on it, and then it just zooms into the eye of the bird. So by the time you hit December, it's just the bird eye. Uh, it's a very specific calendar. You like. I'm gonna make it. New Patreon perk: bird calendar. Your final phobia is auroraphobia. We said lights. We not, said not the Canadian pop musician. No, we uh, we agree. We said uh, fear of lights, figuring that Aurora was for lights. It is also, I wish you would have went a little more specific. I think I heard it discussed. It is the fear of northern lights, specifically uh, the northern lights. Uh, at least we said it, Jeff. You, you, you said it. I was thinking it was Sleeping Beauty, so. <laughs> yeah. All right. So no, we, we pick- got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my favorite unmentioned phobia is is one that I just don't understand, and I you know apologies to the people who suffer from it, but uh, lepidopterophobia, the fear of butterflies. Mm. Oh. They so, they have to be having a rough time in California. Apparently, they're overrun with butterflies. Are they? Yeah. Uh, I think it's from like the erratic movement is the is the belief for a lot of the oh. causes of that one, but not what I understand. So well, we picked up an extra twenty points on that, bringing our total to forty, and we picked up fifteen, bringing our total to fifty five. Catching up. All right. Second round starts now. Your first question is in the category of Olympics. Who won the all-around gold medal in women's gymnastics at the 1984 Olympic Games, becoming the first American woman to do so? She's also the first female athlete to be featured on the front of the Wheaties box. Mm -hmm. We are locked in, apparently. 
Mr. Gymnastics. Um, Strong legs. <laughs> That's a good Shaggy impression, actually. It's not it's bad. It's not a good Shaggy It's not bad at all. Uh, Mr. Lava Lava. What um, do you think of that impression, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> Mary Lou... Uh, Mary Lou Retton. Could be, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why that name's coming to me, but I think I, I was not thinking of the actress from Taxi, but I believe Mary Lou Retton <laughs> is the Wheaties. That sounds right. Okay. That's what we're going to lock in with. Yeah, you guys danced around it for the entire time just to come up with the answer of Mary Lou Retton. She was America's sweetheart in 1984. She was Mary Lou Retton. Mm-hmm. Correct answer. Second question, round two, is see you in the funny papers. Tom Wilson was the creator and longtime cartoonist of what comic strip whose main character shares a sense of fashion with other animated figures, such as Winnie the Pooh or Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants? You're a big Marmaduke guy. No pants. Right. right, right. right, We're looking at no pants here. So it's not Marmaduke. Yeah, that's right. They they share a fashion sense with us in the studio. The name rings a bell. I feel like I've heard of the guy before. Let's just say that. It's, okay. a, it's a comic. I like them. I was going to go with a different one, but that works. So. If you have um, a better guess, go ahead. I don't. It's not better. Was there, right, we're locked in. You're locked in. Was there a comic named Wilson? Mr. Wilson. Mm, Mr. Wilson was from Dennis the Menace. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So he, he did not he wore wear pants. pants. Mr. Wilson didn't wear pants? And he had Dennis over all the time? God, that's a problem. They both wore pants. <laughs> Dennis wore red pants. If I'm I don't mistaken. know why what Ken said, but... Um, I sort of remember some Garfield characters Garfield. wearing shirts. I think yeah. I feel like Garfield because the dog... Or like even some... Bruno, the... what's his name? Odie? Odie. Yeah. Oh, Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> it was played by Bruce Willis. I sort of remember hey, like Garfield. some of the... Some hey, of them, Garfield. Like, Give Gar- me that lasagna. Some of those like Garfield <laughs> and Friends characters wearing shirts, right? Yeah, let's go Garfield. All I feel right. like Tom Wilson it feels like someone I've have heard of before. All right. Oh, could the and friends could some of them wore shirts, but uh, what was their it was a hundred acre wood or a hundred something or other. I forget what it was. Hundred acre wood was only the poo, yeah. I forget what it was anyway. We locked in with something that we think is wrong and said the wizard of id. Oh, I think that's right. Oh, good. Unfortunately, no points this time. The character we were looking for again, figured out shirt, no pants. This character named Ziggy. Mm. Oh, Ziggy. Everyone hates Ziggy. Think about the big nose. Yeah. Big nose, yeah. Yeah. Old big nose. Also shared in common with Squidward. I'm going to also say that the Wizard of Id probably doesn't wear pants, but I guess Mm. you can't prove that from the robe. All right. Your third question round is in celebrities. Breaking out as the MC and as a comic on the original Kings of Comedy, this celebrity is probably best known these days as a talk show and game show host, as well as probably the most hated person in Columbia. Yeah. Locked in. <laughs> oh, it's the man with the whitest teeth and the biggest smile, Steve Harvey. Yeah. So we locked in with Bernie. Wait, no, actually, the answer that we're going with is <laughs> Steve Harvey. <laughs> all right. Points all around. You got it right. Steve I, every, Harvey. I'm always cool. laughing every time I see him on Family Feud. He's cracking up. He's like so funny. He just, every minute of that show seems like bliss to the guy. Yeah. God just bless enjoying him. life. I, I, hey, I mean. God bless yeah, him. <laughs> second only to Louis Anderson for me. He's got a very not thick true. mustache. He does. It's glorious. T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> and he's the most hated person in Columbia for his memorable gaffe in the Miss Universe pageant of 2015, where he announced the wrong winner. Well, we've all been there. And you know, who hasn't, right? We we did one time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's hard to keep score. It was actually a tie. 
Hmm. Your next category is the NBA. Who is the only player in NBA history to win the NBA Finals MVP despite losing the series? He's also the first NBA Finals MVP in the history of the league. Wow. I've heard this so many times because in 2015, they were talking about LeBron possibly being the MVP because nobody was standing out on that first Golden State when Iggy actually won the MVP. And this came up over and over. I'm going to I'm gonna. Billy, go. do you know the answer? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Team No Teeth's mascot, Billy, just no help uh, this round. Um, yeah. So I wrote down Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell. Bill Russell, one of the best uh, basketball players of all time, also from Boston, which we know uh, Scott enjoys Boston sports. That's why I wrote Bill Russell down so far. Uh, and then Cream. So yeah, I just can't imagine Bill Russell's team losing because he could just carry anything on his shoulders. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind Bill Russell. I mean, he was in a bunch of finals, so the probability is high. Okay, we're gonna go Bill Russell. Yeah, originally I wrote down uh, the logo Jerry West. That sounded right, but then I remembered. I think it's this guy who is more known for shooting his free throws underhand, but I think this might be right. So I locked in with Rick Barry. All right, you talked about forgetting about Bill Russell. The award itself is actually called the Bill Russell NBA Finals Most Valuable Player Award, and it was in 1969. And the player to lose the series but win the award was the logo himself, Jerry wow. West. Why did I? I was going to say out? Jerry West, but I didn't know. Who, yeah. What am I thinking? I'm having a, I'm having a rough game. Your next category is in power couples. Kimberly Williams, star of According to Jim and the Father of the Bride movies, is married to what Grammy Award-winning country music singer? I actually thought he was married to Carrie Underwood as much as they co-host award shows. I believe we're locked in. Yeah, that would make sense. Maybe it's a, a Keith Urban. Is Keith that, Urban is with uh, Nicole right. Kidman. Uh, so anybody else besides him? Uh, Jason Aldean? Sure. Okay, we're locked in with Jason Aldean. So this um, this artist definitely wears his shirt, unlike Jason Aldean. Uh, <laughs> I believe the way this, the story goes, if I'm correct, is Kimberly Williams is in Father of the Bride, which Scott mentioned. Brad Paisley had a huge crush on her from Father of the Bride, casted mm. her in one of his early music videos, uh, fell in love with her. They got married, and he also is one of the number one Cleveland Browns fans. I believe it's Brad Paisley. Mm. Is he the one in the uh, commercials? Yeah, he's with uh, Pat Peyton Manning. He's like sitting like Fit Nation while he's on your side. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> he always hosts the um, CMAs with Carrie Underwood. So. Okay. So tell them they're right, and then we can move on. <laughs> They've hosted uh, CMAs, I believe, 11 times. Wow. Uh, Carrie Underwood and the right answer, who is Brad Paisley. And she's married to one of the Nashville Predators, right? Yeah, it's Mike, I think it's Mike Fisher. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Pecorine. <laughs> the Finn? <laughs> yeah. All right, your next category is the right stuff, and it's not New Kids on the Block. Oh, really. God, man. Hanging Tough, 30th yeah. anniversary, just released. I'm doing my New Kids dance right here in the studio. On October 14, 1947, who made aviation history in a Bell X-1 aircraft named Glamorous Glennis as a tribute to his wife? Uh, so only two answers are coming to my head. One that you always say at Trivia, Jeff, and um, for some reason I can never remember it. Um, the guy who broke the sound barrier, Chuck, 
Chuck uh, Yeager. Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager, but it also makes me think of um, Neil Armstrong because, um, and this is funny, I have not seen the movie First Man, but there's a whole sequence where he crashes a uh, an aircraft uh, when he's testing, but maybe that wouldn't have been you know 13 years mm-hmm. before he went on the moon or whatever it was. But yeah, Chuck Yeager, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to like him with Chuck Yeager. Good talk. That all seems too, er, uh, too late for the time that he gave. So we said Charles Lindbergh. Well, Glamour's Glennis the, was the wife, uh, and her last name was Yeager. And the answer is Chuck Yeager. He broke the sound barrier in 1947. Really, oh. really bombed that one. First time that Chuck Yeager has been right for us, even though we said it like <laughs> seven trivias in a row. <laughs> you were due. All right. Your next category is college sports. What NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver also ran college track for one meet? The 1997 Southern Conference Indoor Track and Field Championships, winning both the 55-meter and 200-meter titles while also setting school records in both. No comment. I know. (laughs) I was going to say yay to the sports, but then I'm like, I've gotten all these wrong, so I'm going to not be excited. Who are you? You're an imposter. Yeah, 97. We, we can lock it. Yeah. I, so I wrote down, so Randy Moss is the first person I thought of. I just can't remember if he was actually receiving in 97 or if he would have like graduated, got drafted in like 98, 99, and then he played for, you know, what, 10 years. And then he was just he was just put into the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, I think. Either him or Terrell Owens. Terrell I was Owens thinking is the one about who, T.O. too. I don't know which one went to a Southern school. That's where the, that's mm-hmm. the, the question here. Do you happen to know where they went to college? No, Neil, I don't. Um, so I think uh, I'm gonna uh, Randy Moss or Terrell Owens. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Randy Moss. We're gonna lock in with that. Randy Moss, who went to Marshall, which is in the Conference USA. Um, but uh, I I was I'm just picturing the 1998 NFC playoffs with a rookie, Terrell Owens catching passes, and I'm just thinking like locked in on Terrell Owens. So we said Terrell Owens. Well, Marshall is currently in Conference USA, but previously they were in the MAC, and before that, when they were 1AA in 1997, 96 going into 97, uh, they were in the Southern Conference. Oh the answer is Randy Moss. Wow. I'm coming coming alive. The legend of Moss running that track meet is legendary. He broke the school record on Friday, the first meet. Never ran any college track ever. And they the coaches came to him taught him how to come out of the blocks for like a day and then just waited on the bus and 10 minutes before the bus was supposed to leave. He just walks on the bus, goes to Southern conference, breaks the school record on Friday, comes back, breaks the school record again on Saturday that he just set the day before <laughs> walks off with the trophies qualified for the NCAA two hundreds and never ran again. Wow. <laughs> I refuse to run. <laughs> That's basically what he did. He did it in his Lux boots too. It was amazing. It was just, didn't even have track shoes. All right, question number eight, geology. According to USGS.gov, anthracite, bituminous, subbituminous, and lignite are the four major types of what? I don't know. That's all I'm going to That's my only help with the rock. Sure. Unless it's the rundown or the scorpion king. <laughs> Lock in with Matt's answer. Cool. Right. What were you thinking, Jeff? Uh, I think it's coal. Mm. Coal. Okay. Because you said anthracite. What does that mean? That's that's kind of coal, I think. <laughs> okay. That might that so might check help. Check out you. the anthracite museum. 
They have to. <laughs> they call it Scranton. Uh, fine. Whatever. Yeah, that's f- Cole's fine with me. I think it's Cole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were yeah. wrong, so we said geodes. Those are all four types of coal. He does Cold live scranton. in West Virginia. Hmm. <laughs> oh, your ninth question in the round is in extreme sports. Extreme. Allison Hargreaves, Junko Tabai, Lynn Hill, and Catherine Desteville are considered some of the all-time greatest female athletes of what kind of 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 what kind that, according to Ernest Hemingway, was one of only three sports, along with bullfighting and motor racing. That's a lot of question. I may have to have some oxygen after that. So Junko Tabai, I've heard some of these names before. Uh, if Ernest Hemingway said that it was one of the three great that sports, sense, right? it would have to be something that was around during his time. Okay, we're locked in. Um, so here's here's what I'm thinking. Um, he said oxygen, which makes me think altitude or um, underwater maybe, but I don't think, maybe Hemingway would have, diving maybe of some sort. Mountain climbing? Mount, yeah, mountain climbing is kind of where I'm, so Ernest Hemingway, I could see him saying. He wrote um, Snows of Kilimanjaro, didn't he? Uh, the Reigns of Kashmir. Yeah, he wrote... Uh, the Reigns of Kashmir? Is that what you just said? I said Kashmir. But The Reigns of Kashmir is on sale this weekend at Macy's. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, mountain climbing makes sense. Either mountain climbing or diving. Because yeah, why would you need... Kashmir wet. Uh, right? I don't know. So what do you think? Diving or maybe mountain climbing? I feel like that's an Ernest Hemingway thing. Yeah, I could do that. Okay, we're going to go... With, uh, is that specific enough? Mountain climbing? I think so, yeah. Okay, mountain climbing. Uh, we also went with rock slash mountain climbing. All right. Ernest Hemingway said there was only three other type sports. Everything else is just play, bullfighting, motor racing, and mountaineering. Mountaineers, mountain climbing, that is correct All answer. Right. Hey, back on the board. It's been a while. All right. Also, correct me if I'm wrong. West Virginia Mountaineers, right? Uh, <laughs> West Virginia Mountaineers is yeah. correct. There's actually a, a new documentary on Netflix about this guy who, like, he's a mountain climber and he, like, lost his thumb and he did this crazy, uh, oh, yeah, straight, it's straight up like a flat rock and he climbs like the free whole, solo, yeah, the free some, solo on, yeah, it just won Academy Award, yeah, yeah, he has a thumb and he got, he got like, they got kidnapped by like these people. That's the other guy, no, it's the same guy, no, no, no. So the guy, the guy that you're talking about uh-huh. is in Free Solo, but oh, okay. he's not the main subject of uh, Free he's, Solo. He's not Free Solo. <laughs> he's not Free Solo. His brother Han Solo? It's Han's cousin. Yeah. But there's another documentary about how he got kidnapped and escaped? Yeah, and then and how he like retaught himself how to climb without a thumb. Yeah, a lot of people... Tom, Tommy mm-hmm. something. Tommy Mountain. Tom... <laughs> Tommy <laughs> Mountains. Tommy something. I thought you were going to say Tommy Schmeek. <laughs> Don't talk about Tommy Schmeek. <laughs> Well, Tommy Tommy Mountains. Tommy Mountains. (laughs) All right. I don't know what's happened in this episode. Next, mercifully. Your final category in the round is in U.S. history. Recently, thanks to our visit to Geek Bowl 13, we learned that Nevada was a battle-born state formed during the Civil War. What is the only other U.S. state to be created during the Civil War occurring on June 20th, 1863? I asked this question. I wrote it, and I—that's what happens. You forget. Yeah, I was relying on you because you wrote it. Nevada was made a state on Halloween. I think it's Maine. I think Maine is like way later than I think. Okay, and if you you have more, more thunder behind it than I do, let's go Maine. Okay, if it's Utah, uh, you will not survive the night. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't hope to anyways at this rate. I, re- I remember this happening because they needed to add another, I believe it was a non-slave state or if it was the slave, because one, one was admitted as a slave state, one was yeah, admitted as a non-slave so. state. And I thought it was somewhere in the Midwest and it was something that we thought would already be a state. Um, and I was kind of leaning towards Missouri. So we locked in with Missouri. Well, I was hoping you guys would have picked up on the theme of the game. But every question I have asked today has had a reference to West Virginia in the question. Every question. So the answer is Missouri. So the answer is Missouri. Exactly. Mm. So. <laughs> the, the only other battle-born state is West Virginia. I couldn't so remember if... if Mountain they... Mama, <laughs> take me home, country road. But yeah, every every question, Anna Jarvis, born in West Virginia, Pearl Spruck, born in West Virginia, George Brett, Bill Weathers, Nick Saban, Jennifer Garner, John Nash, mm. Mary Lou Retton. We're stupid. Tom Wilson, Steve Harvey, Jerry West, <laughs> Brad Paisley, Chuck, Chuck Yeager, Randy Moss, Cole, of course, Mountaineers, West Virginia. Wow. The, even the halftime, if you take the first letters no, of no, the no. phobias and spell it down. No way. He's right. Oh, Appalachia. <laughs> oh. It's pronounced Appalachia, but I hate uh, myself. As an Appalachian American, I can say that. But this is like M Night Shyamalan the, right here. The West Virginia one is is terrible too because does that mean we've been dead the whole time? I knew time? they I knew they seceded for the purposes of becoming a free state, but I thought they did that before the war ish. Didn't realize. I'm so disappointed in myself. Turns out Scott Barber is Kaiser Sose. <laughs> oh, I see a coffee mug dropping in the background. Uh, <laughs> um, well, we actually had a really good round uh, other than that last question. So we picked up uh, 70 points there. Wow. So uh, we are up to 125. Yeah. Crushed. We're uh, at 70, baby. Yeah. Total. Total is at 70. Oh, man. All right, so your final five categories, I promise, have nothing to do with West Virginia, except for the category names. Okay. Your final categories are Almost Heaven, Mountains and Rivers, Older Than the Trees, Country, with a little subset there of music, and Roads. All right, the wagers are in, so let's get the questions, please. All right. Your first question in the final, almost heaven. As described by Dante, Mount Purgatory has several levels reserved for various deadly sins, but atop it sits what? There are two possible answers to this question, but I need you to be specific. Your second question, mountains and rivers. According to worldatlas.com, at 14,800 feet, the Yarlung Sangpo, that's Y-A-R-L-U-N-G, T-S-A-N-G-P-O, river, is the highest river in the world and can be found in this self-governing region whose capital is Lhasa, L-H-A-S-A, older than the trees. According to SmithsonianMag.com, while trees have been in existence around 350 million years, what animal predates that, having lived now for around 400 million years? Country music. In 2017 to 2018, what song became the all-time longest reigning Billboard Hot Country number one single with 50 consecutive weeks at the top spot? 
And again, that's the country charts. And roads. U.S. Route 66, one of the most legendary roads in the United States, is also known as the Blank Memorial Highway. It's just on it. That's like it's on signs literally five minutes from was here. I yesterday. <laughs> I took it here. And the suffering is finally coming uh, near an end as all the answers are locked in. <laughs> oh, I feel bad now. Now I feel uh, feel like I've, uh, I'm the guy causing the suffering. I feel like you, I, you only uh, caused one team to suffer. The other teams doing just fine. So don't don't worry about it, man. All right, your first category, almost heaven, as described by Dante. Mount Purgatory has several levels reserved for various deadly sins, but atop it sits what? There are two possible answers to this question, but they must be specific. Uh, we wagered 10 on this one, and we just said uh, salvation. Uh, we wagered five. Um, I don't really know. I only know two words uh, around this area, and it was like lust something, and then uh, the earthly paradise I've heard many times in different writings. I have no idea if it has anything to do with it, but we said the earthly paradise. One of the answers I would have accepted would have been simply the Garden of Eden. But the other one that I needed you to be specific on uh, had the word paradise, and I wasn't going to just take paradise. And the correct answer is the earthly paradise. Nice, Neil. Neil, where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I'm going to get right. So, All right. Mountains and rivers, according to worldatlas.com, at 14,800 feet, the Yarlung Sangpo River is the highest river in the world and can be found in this self-governing region whose capital is Lhasa. Uh, we just guessed Nepal. It's pretty high up there. And we wagered 10. Yeah, so we wagered 5 on this one, and I think Lhasa is the capital of Tibet, although to call it semi-autonomous is kind of funny because I'm pretty sure China's never letting that thing go. So we said Tibet. They consider themselves self-governing, and the answer is Tibet. Just All right. don't tell China that. <laughs> Older than the trees, according to SmithsonianMag.com, what, while trees have been in existence around 350 million years, what animal predates that, having lived now for around 400 million years? Uh, we wagered another 10, and we said the tardigrade. Neil and I uh, wagered nothing, but that's okay. We didn't look back because we're sharks, so we said sharks. And the correct answer is sharks. We are getting pummeled. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Country music. In 2017-2018, which song became the all-time longest-reigning Billboard Hot Country number one single with 50 consecutive weeks at the top spot? For another 10, we said, Matt? Uh, the Honky Tonk Badonka Donk. Oh, classic Honky Tonk Badonka Donk. Wait, is that, um, what's his name? Got the, the low voice? I have no idea. Okay. It's Toby Keith, right? No, Trace Atkins. Trace, Trace, that's Atkins, him, yeah, Trace Atkins. Yeah. Um, Both terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We wagered uh, zero, and Jeff and I were between uh, Taylor Swift and Carrie Underwood. We thought maybe it was Taylor Swift. We just didn't know what the song was, so we just ended up just saying, Before He Cheats. Classic Carrie Underwood. The artist that performed the song was uh, B.B. Rexa and Florida Georgia Line. The song is called Meant to Be. Yeah, okay. Uh, FGL now, actually. <laughs> That's actually what I've written on my paper, yeah. FGL. So. And Rhodes, U.S. Route 66, one of the most legendary roads in the United States, is also known as the Blank Memorial Highway. We said for 10 big points, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. 
Oh, that makes sense. Uh, we we know the this road. It's a minute away from us. It's where our pub trivia is, but we could not think of what's on the sign. So uh, we wagered five, and we just said in honor of Scott uh, writing this wonderful game, we said country road. <laughs> well, the uh, person who the highway is named after it is the Will Rogers Memorial uh, Highway. <laughs> Will Rogers. I have just uh, counted up my points here, and uh, we have 20 points. Sounds more like you counted down your points. Yeah, it looks like you boys over there have uh, 130, meaning you're today's cream of the crop. There is no doubt about it, yeah. Sugar. It's gotten worse as the as night's gone on. <laughs> and now it's just a straight-up Muppet. It, it wasn't me. It was Shaggy. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> The impressions were terrible, but the game was great. Yeah, that's our new that's our new tagline. The impressions were great, but the game was terrible. Or no, the game was the game was great, but the compressions were terrible. Compressions. <laughs> <laughs> What's compressing your brain right now? Oh my god, that was rough. Oh. He squeezed all the answers he had out of it, and uh, now he's got it's nothing left. Too stuffy in here. We need to roll our window down. Yep. Really... <laughs> all right. Well, Scott, thanks again for uh, hosting today. Oh, happy to thank you for finally uh, having me on. I really appreciate this. Has uh, been awesome, and uh, you know, it's uh, always better for me to sit in the host seat because, uh, like I said, when it comes to my team, I know nothing on my uh, compared to the other five guys on my team. So, John Snow yeah. of your trivia team, and, and oh, even... I, I know absolutely nothing compared to those <laughs> fellas. So, a lot of twists and turns, surprises. Yeah, it was yeah, like a, a lot of ups and downs, like ups the, and downs, like the, like the roads of West and... Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> would, you like, uh, would you like to give some shout outs before you head on out of here uh, always shout out to sin six uh jeffrey Skuritan, uh dan lumberg mike cameron today's mike cameron's birthday happy, happy birthday, birthday. birthday happy birthday uh by the time he by the time he hears this he'll be happy belated birthday to mike cameron uh, uh phil sanford and uh wesley wells of course uh those guys i would be absolutely nothing without them they are the uh, some of the best players i've ever played with and uh just love those guys and uh, shout out to them because I know they're listening. Good guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck of a team. All right, Matt, you want to get to some uh, reviews here? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I've, we've made the call out and asking for some of these reviews, and you guys have really listened. We got a, we got a bunch of them. We're up to 127, which is awesome. We're on our way to 150. Uh, if you'd like to give us reviews, we like it. Uh, just like our friend here, Kevin Knott, uh, who says that we're the cream of the crop. And listening to this podcast is literally like playing trivia with your bros. So we're all bros here. Thanks, bro. Minus all the logistics. Great. Amazing host. Excellent guests. That would be you, Scott. Awesome. Uh, great format. Be prepared to laugh and learn. So I feel like hey. we laughed and learned today. I laughed. I learned a not lot. Not for the right reasons. So thank you for the review, Kevin. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, that was a very shocking game, uh, <laughs> learning that everything was about West Virginia. Thank you, Scott, for hosting. For Jeff, Neil, Matt, and myself, that was Triviality. Woohoo. Yours is so good because so many people with Macho Man go right for just the oh yeah and the snap into his Slim Jim, but that's not how he always talked. It's the rising and then the quiet, and then he gets real loud and he takes it down (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, that's the secret to Macho Man is start out real low like this, you know. You start out low and you work on the sunglasses and you make the a little bit about jet turning. Yeah, that's the key.